Parenting sucks sometimes. It's not like you see on TV. It's not like you see on Pinterest. And it's not what the perfect Facebook moms try to make it seem. Kids are loud. Kids break things. Kids always make messes. On Kids for Sale, we explore the reality of being parents. The parts that aren't fun. The parts that nobody wants to admit to each other. Because being a parent is hard. And sometimes the only thing that makes it easier is hearing how bad it sucks for someone else. So join us on Kids for Sale every other Friday on the Journey into Comics Network. The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. up ladies and gentlemen i am your host dick uh today we don't have our co-host tyler he's working right now but i am here with a very special guest uh mr tam Hello. cowens is it cowens or cowens cowens yeah you okay right. cool <laughs> i've been like a few that's been bugging me for like a week man like yeah one of, one of the few that actually uh pronounces it right <laughs> so i appreciate that <laughs> i try i try you know uh i mean i have my last name's tyner and everybody's like tenor Oh yeah, yeah. I was at Arby's today, <laughs> and they asked for my name. I gave I gave them my last name because I guess everybody gives their first name now at places. I never even I think it's weird to say your first to give them your name at a uh, fast food place, but whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, "What's give me your name?" And I'm like, "Uh, Tyner." So when I came to pick up my order, they thought I gave them my first name. They're like, "Oh, they must have said Tyler wrong." I'm like nope that's my last name i'm old school it's it's weird to say that like that's old school but yeah yeah whatever so how are you today man i'm good dude i just got up a little while ago and got some coffee and yeah kind of hanging out so. <laughs> i i tried to i tried to like be convenient for you i'm like at noon should be a because there's a three yeah. hour difference you're in oregon yeah, yeah. man i am i'm all the way on the west coast oh, so. and i'm pretty cool all the way in the midwest where there's like water sucks. and cool things here yeah 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 <laughs> I, I got a couple friends out there I, i've always wanted to visit and you know hang out but never like cool. i never have the time never have the money to get out there it just is what it is man <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I, got, I got friends out in seattle and redmond and uh portland mm. oh they're all over out there but yeah yeah so okay we're just gonna get right into the nitty-gritty here <laughs> rest repose man <laughs> uh yeah it was weird man um i don't know what do you what do you want to know specifically i guess well like, let, let's kinda... we can backtrack a little bit so i went oh, up yeah. and, i went up and saw you guys up in berwin chicago or berwin yeah, illinois yeah. uh chicago yeah. land as they call it i guess i don't know it's mm -hmm. it's such a foreign because um there's a part of indiana that's near chicago that they all call right. themselves the region 
<laughs> and I'm, we we got a couple. I'm like two hours away from Chicago, so uh, wow. so we got people that I work with that I have worked with that are all from the region. And I'm like, what region are you talking about? Oh, up north, you know, the region, the region. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. okay. I, I, I don't. I don't quite get it, and I just call it fake Chicago. <laughs> is that like, is that like, uh, uh, what is that, South Bend type uh, area? Or South like Bend, like Gary. I don't know if yeah, South okay. Bend is. Like Gary, though, uh, Merrillville, all around there. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this was your this was your first U.S. tour? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did, like, some small tours before where we just yeah. did, like, up and down the West Coast. Like we I know. In, <laughs> and I was like, like August guys, and, come, on, come on out yeah. here. Come on. Yeah, we went in August with uh, 100 Suns, and then we did uh, mm-hmm. like a winter headliner thing just up and down the West Coast because we had a, a show at Seosin. So it was like we were like, well, we're driving all the way down to L.A. We might as well like book a tour around it. Yeah. Uh, so so we did that, and and um, it was cool, man. Like we did, uh, I think it was like, I don't know, six there's six shows in seven days or something like that. Uh, and then the August one with 100 Suns, it was like five shows in seven days. Okay. So it was cool. Yeah, so so touring that's that's got to be a lot of fun. I've never had any desire, but I can see how it'd be fun. And you know, just to get away, you know, play all your music yeah. and shit. <sighs> yeah, it's a blast. I mean, meeting meeting the people that support the bands mm-hmm. are it, it's one of the coolest things that you can you get you get to do. Like, oh yeah. You know, we we got to meet all these people that like comment on videos and <laughs> and share posts and things like that. Yeah. Or cover uh, songs and. It goes both it's ways. Wild. Like it's so cool to meet you guys. You know, I, I being I'm a huge I've been a huge uh, part of the local scene around here. Like not mm-hmm. saying like I've done much, but like I support the hell out of it. So like, and yeah. you know like there are, there are bands in Indianapolis, like an hour away from me that like mm-hmm. when I've, I I can geek out about them, and so I right, can, yeah. I can just be like, oh dude, I've been listening to you guys for like a year. Like I'm so glad you finally made it an hour up here but uh yeah <laughs> yeah no it's it's cool uh that was that was like a really surreal show for me in berlin because i got i got yeah. i didn't i didn't really get to meet anybody except for austin mm-hmm. uh i was I, I got like real nervous and uh yeah. <laughs> i'm like Ew. yeah i listened i listened to one of your your other podcasts and you like you were saying that people were kind of coming in and out and you're like yeah oh, I, I i am <laughs> one of those people like if if someone's yeah. doing a job or they're they're concentrating on something, I leave them alone. So I just sure, sure. I left everybody be. I saw you hanging out outside. And I'm like, ah, he's talking yeah. to people. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I I I because sh- sh- uh, the week before that, I was on uh, Jared and Austin's Dicky Dine show for the shitty oh, tattoos. Yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> I was like, dude, Austin, I've been on your show twice. Check, oh, man. check out my shitty tattoos that you showed to the internet. <laughs> and oh, he, he, uh, he took a picture of with, with one of them, put it on his Instagram story. I was pretty stoked about that. Ah, but like, <laughs> it, it's so weird because, and this is actually going to end up being one of my topics today, but it's so weird. Um, you guys are just regular guys. And like, mm-hmm. but, but to us on the other side of the, com- on the comment and, you guys are yeah. rock stars. <laughs> you guys are fucking rock stars. And it's so weird, dude. It's yeah. such a weird perception because it's like we're just dudes who want to sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yes. And like, and there wasn't a lot of that on tour. So, I mean, you know, there's uh, um, I can imagine. a lot of long drives and things like that. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like going to different towns and like meeting people and actually getting a chance to like connect with people on a person-to-person basis was like probably the most 
like the second most fulfilling part of it all. Mm -hmm. The first, obviously, is like when people are singing back. Oh yeah, stuff that you've written. Like that's the craziest, most surreal feeling. Even people just doing like the wowos and stuff, and like mm -hmm. in retrospect or whatever. Like those sorts of songs <clears throat> where people are like singing the words about like my crushing anxiety I had for <laughs> ten years. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, and people know every single word of the song about that. It's like that's such a trip and that's oh, such yeah. a treat also because it's just like it, it's it's amazing to feel like people give a shit like this yes. it's wild it's it's really really cool but then like on top of that like talking to fans outside of the venue before the show or after the show like i had some you know i had some such cool experiences like in when we got over to like um michigan like kalamazoo i talked to these dudes for like two hours before the show oh wow just like just like us three just talking about whatever and it was just because we came from different backgrounds of life and like had different perspectives on on all sorts of stuff mm -hmm. um you know these these two dudes that had just finished like ramadan so i was like asking them all these questions about that and kind of <laughs> like cause, just to learn about it because i'm like yeah, of I, don't, course. I don't know anything about you know i don't really know a whole lot about like that walk of life so it was really cool to like share these experiences and like draw parallels and like find all these really cool things that were just uh differences but like also find common ground in the, in, in the middle of all of it like music lovers and traveling and and playing in bands and tastes of music and all these different sorts of things it was just like really um i don't know it was just it was just it was one of the coolest things that i've i've gotten to do in a long long time was oh just yeah connect with people on a person-to-person -person basis and rather than just like through social media so it, it was right. it was rad i yeah. loved it like I, I've some of the best conversations I've ever had are with like in terms of with rock stars per se. Uh, like sure, yeah. I sat and talked to uh, Don Slater, the bass player for Battlecross, for like oh, an, wow. for like an hour and a half just about Super <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> oh nice. <laughs> just Super <laughs> Nintendo and just like old school devices like from the nineties yeah. that like oh cool are completely useless now but it's just like hey do you remember this do you remember this like, i was <laughs> yeah. i was just a wee lad in the 90s i'm i'm only 27 uh -huh. right now but uh like yeah. but it's just so cool and you know um my friend brandon uh he's another host on one of the shows on our network uh he he's a big metallica fan so he follows like james hetfield and all them and yeah. so he's he's read interviews and stuff and it's like he's like dude if i'm gonna meet a this is james hetfield talking if I'm going to meet uh -huh. a fan, I don't want to talk about me. I want to meet them. I want to talk to them. And sure, yeah. I'm like, dude, that is so cool. And that, that brings it back to the whole, like, everybody, we're all just people. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah, just, no, for real. we're all just people. And, you know, we, we put other people on this pedestal. And, uh, but in the end, we're all just people. Dude, yeah. I mean, like, the, like, we, we went out with 100 Sons. Um, you know, Corey was like a, he was like my hero in high school and college. Like I mm -hmm. dressed up as that dude on Halloween when I was like 19. <laughs> it was after like the Redeemer album came wow. out. So I, I told him this story and he's just like kind of laughing awkwardly. He's like, oh, all right, you know. <laughs> but but same thing, like just the, this person that I put up on a huge pedestal, like this is a person that influenced me vocally for, you know, a, a good portion of my life. And it's like getting a chance to meet this dude was just like the most surreal thing i'm like oh shit you know, <laughs> that's cory brandon over there you know like freaking out and now he's like oh here's my phone number i'm like uh, yeah you know <laughs> just a good dude you know just a good wow. dude in general and like um those guys and then like um I, i've been lucky enough to like kind of befriend some of the dudes in like nothing more yeah i've, and, I've seen and, like, that those, 
Yeah, and like those guys came, you know, they they just got no nominated for like three three uh, Grammy awards. Like, I don't, I don't think they got, I don't think they won any, but like still, that's really cool. Just, regardless, but just like, but anytime that they come through Oregon or, or Portland or whatever, like I'll go up and see them and wind up on their bus or something and mm -hmm. like hang out and talk with them about whatever. And actually, it's just super cool because like they're just regular ass dudes. I actually saw them a couple months ago with uh, Papa Roach. Yeah, so did I, yeah. I saw nice. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> yeah. a fun show. Like, I that was yeah. the first time I've really heard nothing more. Uh, oh, so good. Yeah, like very entertaining. Yeah, their live show very is, entertaining. Is, their show is just I don't know, man. It's it's one of the best that I've ever seen live. Like, yeah. between the Drumtron thing and then the yeah. fucking tail and like all that crazy shit that they do. Like, I, yeah, they are stepping it up and kind of raising the bar for yeah. pretty much every band that's out there right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know their how singer they come up with that just, kind of stuff. He's just insane. He's just Dude, running around. Nuts. He's got such an awesome range. You know, I, I think I saw <laughs> pictures that you posted from uh, the yeah. Portland show, and he was <laughs> as uh, he was uh, Ultimate Warrior, which is my favorite wrestler. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, man. So, yeah, they, they did the Ultimate Warrior. They, they did, like, so the whole show was a Halloween show, so, like, all yeah. the bands dressed up. So, like, um, Hell or High Water, which is uh, um, uh, Brandon Soller from Atreyu. It's his his new band that okay. he's doing, so he's a front man for that. But they came out in like giant sumo suits, like the inflatable <laughs> ones. Uh, and then, oh my gosh, the uh, shit, what was the second band? Um, I can't remember what the second band was, but another one came out as like the, um, you know, like the, uh, like the Mexican wrestler, Nacho oh, Libre like a Luchador things. Yeah, 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 those guys. And then, uh, and then Palisades didn't dress up because they had like a label exec looking at them, so they were kind of <laughs> trying to be serious. Gotcha. But then, and then nothing more pops up, and of course, you know, they got Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Ultimate Warrior, uh, Daniel was uh, um, Randy Savage, and then Mark was oh god, he was the he was like the Irish dude with the with the kilt, not not um, oh um, not Seamus, but. Um, Oh wow, Roddy Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Roddy. Yeah. 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 So those guys. So there's like there's like videos of them on the street where they had where they they were like doing like a pose off or like trying to challenge <laughs> each other and like doing like the smack talk thing before the, awesome. before the fight awesome. or whatever. Awesome. <laughs> but like after the show, <clears throat> uh, they they go back to the green room, and uh, and they're like, yeah, let's go across the because like in the in the Crystal Ballroom, McMinnon's Crystal Ballroom in in Portland. There's like the green rooms behind, like backstage, like under the ground, like like on the second level, and then across the hall from the green rooms, there's like a dance club, nightclub type thing. So they're like, let's go, let's go over to the club. We're like, all right, sure. So we go over there, and like then they they walk in like they own the place, and like they they like, ask people to like clear out a circle in the dance floor, and then they just had a pose off for like five <laughs> minutes, and then they just laughed. So it was like the most random thing. Mm-hmm. But it was so damn funny, and then so like, oh yeah, let's just go back there. So we had like some beers there in the in the green room, and just like hung out. And then uh, I stole an avocado and left. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good dude, like just yeah. good wholesome dude. And, and like the, I think the time before that, like we took him to, like we took him to. Uh, so it was like Mark, Dan, and then their merch guy Brian, and then somebody else came with us. But like we we took him to Chopsticks in Portland. It's like this crappy, like divey like way too well lit type of like karaoke bar after the show okay. and like they were trying to they were trying to do like gangster's paradise and like all these just ridiculous <laughs> songs and, like regulators with warren g like just it was it was mm -hmm. god awful but it was so fun and since then we've, we've maintained contact and stuff and 
ironically, like, ironically, like uh, Daniel is going to come up to the show in, at Corpus Christi, which is tonight. And oh, <laughs> I'm man. not going to be there, so he's going <laughs> to be confused. But yeah, good, good, good dudes. Uh, going back to Thousand Sons, like uh, Corey, that, that's yeah, the name, yeah. right? Uh, I have such a cool parallel with that because, uh, and it's actually from a band in the Portland area. Um, uh-huh. Years ago, I, I, I started listening to this band called Across the Sun. Oh, yeah, I remember them. And I, I yeah. just, it, it was just one of those things where I was just like always on their social media, like always commenting, being fanboy number one. And, Back in the MySpace uh, days? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember they were huge. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Um, and then it, it, Brandon, their vocalist, he ended up being a huge influence on my own my own vocals because he, uh-huh. he had that like very kill switch engagey yet Lamb of God type feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is two of my favorite bands, of course. And it's just awesome. so it, Son, yeah. I forgot about them. I, uh, I'm going to do a little gloating here. I am actually, as far as I know, the only person – on earth with an across the sun tattoo no shit yes dang <laughs> that's uh, wild dude yeah there's there's bands that came out of the woodwork like in like back in like the early 2000s like that there was a band from seattle called from Athene. okay and those guys were, were i thought they were just like the biggest band ever um back when i was like 18 and like had them come down and do a show at my college back in the day and like we paid them really well. <laughs> they were like <laughs> super stoked about it. Like they, it was the most they'd ever done. And, and uh, those guys kind of, and then, so, so the guitar player, Jacob is now in into the flood. Okay. Um, out, of, out of Seattle. So it's the same dude. So I've known that guy for like 12 years. And then uh, this other band from Seattle was called, um, uh, they were called seven horns, seven eyes. And okay. they were like, uh, they were like an apocalyptic Christian metal band. That was like the, everything was kind of based off of like all the Book of Revelations and whatever. Okay. So like all this crazy, um, I don't know. I just, but they changed my entire perception of like music and metal and all these different mm-hmm. sorts of things growing up. And like right before we left for tour, I got to meet the guitar player <laughs> at Jared's <laughs> house, and I was like, oh, Sarah, oh my god, you know, I'm just like freaking out, and and I didn't get a chance to tell him like, dude, like that music changed my entire my entire outlook on on music so that's how across the sun was with me yeah and they the first, first guitar solo i ever learned was from was from oh, seven nice. Horns, seven eyes <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah it's cool uh i got my buddy ryan strain who was also in that area he's he says seven eyes seven seven horns seven eyes is amazing uh yeah dude they're so good <laughs> Uh, that, that's yep. a cool thing about doing this live stream i can see a chat feed and interact with the crowd it's fun oh yeah yeah see the can i see this can i see the Oh, I can. Yeah. <laughs> Seattle represent. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so uh, cool. no, across the sun when they did, um, they did a full U.S. tour after they got signed to Metal Blade uh, uh-huh. and, and released their full length album before the night takes us. So they finally came to my neck of the woods and I got to I was just it was in Bloomington, Indiana, you know, Indiana State University or no, Indiana University. There's like three Indiana universities here. It's so weird. But and uh, so I'm just sitting out on a bench like outside. I've been like I, too, had the singer's number like you did. And like yeah. <laughs> he, he, he gave it to me on over the social media so he could contact me when he got in town. And yeah. so I'm just chilling outside. Hadn't even said anything to him. I know they're there. I'm just I'm letting them unload and do their thing. And mm-hmm. 
out of nowhere, here comes Brandon. He's he was on crutches at the time. <laughs> he he had hurt his ankle or something like a couple nights before on stage, and yeah, uh, he yeah. just comes hobbling over. He's like, "Hey, man!" And I'm like, "Oh shit, you recognize me?" <laughs> and this was like, Dude, that's the coolest. I was I was I think 20, 21 at the time. I was yeah. 20, yeah. And so I'm just I'm just a kid. I'm like, "Oh my god, oh my god, this guy's talking to me." For like for real <laughs> it's super trippy right yeah it's super weird like my old my old old band um dry season back in like 2009 or 10 mm-hmm. uh we went we went to klamath falls oregon which is like the middle of nowhere and we played in literally a cow pasture Shit. with <laughs> with bales of, with bales of hay as like the barricades uh with with brian welch from corn oh that's awesome <laughs> like, <laughs> And so, like, yeah, it's like, and, and same thing. Like, he had just quit corn. He was doing his, he was doing his own solo yeah. project thing, and, and he was doing that. Uh, I think he was just he was going out as just Brian Head Welch before uh-huh. he did like the, um, uh, gosh, what's it called? Uh, I can't remember the name of it right now. Love and Death. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but like, I you know wound up talking to that dude for like an hour, and he's just super down to earth, super chill guy. Man, that um, guy just pops up because he's popped up here yeah. in Lafayette, like three or four times in the last couple yeah. of years, just, just in random spots. Like we have a music store here, a music store here. And then he was at, he was at this frozen yogurt place. Like, <laughs> like I have random. friends that are just like, dude, Brian Welch is here. Like, you know, from corn. I'm like, yeah. What? <laughs> dude, like the, Oh my gosh. So the, uh, the winter tour we did. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we were playing at this place called the church in Las Vegas. And one of the opening bands, and I can't remember their name for the life of me now, and I feel bad for that, but the the um, the bass player was, like, the niece of Corey Taylor. No so shit. Like we, so, like, we load in, we sound check, and then we go check in at the hotel. Like, we get a, we get a, a message from the home team, like, freaking Corey Taylor's here. Like, you guys got to get down here. <laughs> so, like, we, like, tried to hop in an Uber and, like, speed back as fast as we can. By the time we got there, he was gone. But it was oh, just man. like, damn it. <laughs> it would have been so cool to like just get either I don't know to talk to that dude or just like get roasted by him and tell oh like, yes how much I suck. Some but, of my like, favorite books are by him. Like, dude, he's great. Oh he's, yeah, he's a he's an intelligent guy. Yes, who knows who knows his stuff. So. I love that yeah. it became a meme that he was reacting to things and then he reacted to yeah. himself <laughs> reacting to things. And he's oh like, really? He's like, Jeez. I just I have a mouth and I use it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. I mean, he's 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 pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely like that guy. Oh. I admire him for his his gusto, I guess you could call it. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So I've I've had this theory for a while about like the inner workings of rest repose. Is it the Fluffy mm, Dines yeah. show? <laughs> no. It's, it's, I mean, it's more of a collaborative. Yeah, I mean, it's always been it's always been really collaborative awesome. as far as I know. I mean, like. Jared and Fluff are the main songwriters for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tony interjects his parts when when uh, when he has the opportunity to, and when it fits. And then, what they would do is they would they would send me a track um, that I would record here at my house. Yeah. And then I'd I'd send it back like a um, either like a, a you know like a rough mix demo version of or whatever. And usually within a couple of days. Um, uh, or when we did the record. Um, I would record all the vocals and then bring a hard drive that had all the all the vocal stems and then fluff up, take those and mix them. So it just kind of depended on, on on that. But like, 
as far as like who runs a lot of like the business side of things, it was um, Fluff is the kind of the guy for the endorsements. Okay. Uh, Tony was kind of the guy that handled like all the booking and management type stuff. Um, so that's kind of how that how that whole thing operated. Uh, Jared is kind of the the main attraction because he's he's got the most followers on YouTube <laughs> yeah, and stuff. So it's yeah. like a lot of people are there to see him, which is great. You know that that helps the band for sure. And you know he he definitely puts on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, totally. I, I was I was right on the stage right in front of him when yeah. I saw you guys and I was like, shit. <laughs> yeah. No, man. He's he's yeah. I mean, he's a he's a performer and he's a hell of a guitar player. Yes. And I'm multi instrumentalist and he's great. So. Um, so he's definitely the guy that's got like the most the most songwriting ability and like the most chops as far as like technicality and everything else goes. So like he's definitely the dude who who kind of drives the creative juices, I think, because mm-hmm. he can just turn out songs like like nobody's business. Like we finished the record and I think within within like a month, he had already sent like seven other ideas over. It's just like, damn, dude. Yeah, no kidding. So, and then Fluff kind of did the same thing. Um and he'd send me all sorts of different things too, and and like we kind of pick and choose like what would, what I could write to, easiest, so that we had we had some material to push to producers and management and labels and things like that. Okay. So so like even right now, as as it stands, like we have a we have like a five song demo version of what will eventually be, uh, well they <laughs> uh, <laughs> have. <clears throat> uh, Okay, speaking in past tense, we had a uh, like a five song demo done that we sent out to to a management company to to kind of shop labels and see if we can get some label support for recording, going to to a studio and producing and that kind okay. of thing. So I don't know how that's going to work out from from this point on, um, because I don't really want my words and lyrics and vocal melodies used. But we'll yeah, see what happens. Yeah, it's it's uh, such a weird because okay, so you you are the second singer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I've been in those shoes before. My last band, mm-hmm. um, how weird is that to step into somebody else's shoes and sing their words, sing their um, melodies? It's not too weird. I mean, like Vince's stuff was for like because like live we only did Generator and Sleep City. Yeah. So everything else was I I wrote on my own. I think like there's a big misconception that like songs like Retrospect, like the only words that I kept in was Retrospect, that song, right? Whereas the words retrospect, yeah. yeah, but like I took the entire thing and kind of, kind of changed all the words and, and lyrics and melodies to kind of fit something that I could kind of drive home a little bit more. I think Oh Gravity had, like, I borrowed some of the, um, like, some of the melodies that he chose. Okay. But then put my own words to it and kind of changed the whole uh, lyrical structure of the song and and that sort of a thing. So there wasn't really a whole lot of like adapting things like i like on my youtube channel i did i had done generator and sleep city covers yes and kind of threw my own spin on them <clears throat> but as far as like singing them live like it's not weird and i've actually met vince uh, like a handful of times and like hung out with him and he, he's a cool dude yeah and he's got you know he's <clears throat> no hard no hard feelings or anything like that he's he handles it really well that's good um and he was like super like i ran into him at jared's house before we left and he was like super stoked for us and to do the to do the tour i'm like <laughs> yeah it's gonna be great you know <laughs> Ten days later, I'm getting on a flight, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, you know. Um, but for the most part, like, everything else that's, that's written, like, I dug deep on a lot of that the stuff lyrically on, on the self-titled record. You know, at retrospect, is all about, you know, 
crushing anxiety and kind of like what happens before an anxiety attack comes on. Okay. Basically looking back at things that, that just kind of plague me as a person. Yeah. Um, and then like, uh, fathoms was like, uh, was a near death experience on, on a river <laughs> was, was what that song was. So it's all kind of personified by, um, this whole thing. That's, uh, no, oh, it's the word I'm looking for here. It's uh, personified as like a entity, like pulling you down. And okay. Basically, we flipped, we flipped our we flipped our rafts. I got tangled in a bunch of ropes, <laughs> and it almost got like drawn and quartered and choked to death underwater, and then came out of it. <laughs> so that's fathoms. Never would have uh, guessed. Never would have thought. Yeah. No, it's a weird one for sure. Um, <laughs> wow. What else? Uh, Polaris. That mm-hmm. song is actually uh, about like, um, so when I was when I was first uh, introduced to Rest Repose, way back in 2016, uh, they were wanting me to quit my other band that I had here in Eugene called Fallen Theory. Yeah, and um, basically, like we, we like our record was being mixed <laughs> at the time, so like I didn't want. to... I bought that um, the other day, by the way, on Truth oh, Choke. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, I mean, like, so, so the whole thing was about, like, you know, I don't try to convince me to join this band or quit this other band. So that, the whole song was kind of like this go, this back and forth thing about, mm-hmm. about that. Uh, gosh, let's see. Uh, the Cycle is... One of my favorites. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that song is, is literally about the cycle of life and kind of okay. like this, and like the same recurring pattern that I've, that I've noticed where it's like, I get to a point and then like just shit gets piled on and um, and I can feel myself kind of dragging back towards like old habits or whatever. Like that's kind of how that song is and like the frustration that comes with it. Um, oh, Gravity. <laughs> I mean, that song's like, uh, oh, Gravity is like uh, how I can feel like something good is on the horizon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically. Hey, hey, uh, hey, no, no, no. I think yeah, I think something know. good is on the horizon because that, that song you released, um, so much more. Holy oh, yeah, yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a rejected uh song, by the way. That was uh, a rejected a reject- song. Yeah, it was one that I brought to the table like about three months ago and, and it got okay. uh, it got thrown into the cutting room floor and they're like, Oh, we're gonna do something else. So I just yeah, I just used it. <laughs> I was like, All right, well, I guess we'll put it out then because I did all the instrumentation on it and Okay. And then I had I had had like scratch vocals <clears throat> before we left, and then I came back and kind of redid them. Um, How many of those? Because yeah. some of those lyrics are kind of uh, they seem a little targeted. <laughs> They're not actually. Okay, what, I didn't funny think about it was, so, but I think with the with the timing of it all, like it can definitely be taken that way, and it's not like it's it was more other shit that was going on in my life at the time. Okay, and kind of seeing I was kind of calling out the nature of, of other people that had that had kind of uh, I don't know just treated other people like shit <clears throat> and I was kind of tired of it so ironically like that song I mean, it was the only thing that I really had ready <laughs> so I was <laughs> like well I guess I'm going to retract the vocals and so I retract the vocals the day after I got home um, which was two days after losing my voice but yeah, that, that a lot of people are like, "Oh, is this a is this a diss track?" I'm like, "No, shit. Okay, no, <laughs> it's not." But 
but I think that a lot of people kind of interpreted it that way. Yeah. Um, because there's there's a lot of because it, it is it is ironically like because the lyrics are like lock me in my room, which I had just been like sent to a hotel. I'm like so I, I can definitely draw the parallels there, but it wasn't intentionally like this is a diss track. <laughs> it, so it happens. It happens. No, it wasn't anything like that, but <clears throat> I can see how it could be taken that way, for sure. So have you have you had any uh, contact with any of them since uh, leaving? Uh, yeah, I talked to Jared a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, and I, I just kind of expressed my frustration, and, and he was, and even he was like, you know, I advocated to keep you on this thing, and the same way I did for Vince, and, but he got outvoted. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know, man. You know, you know, it's, um, it's that's, I haven't heard from anyone else, which, okay. is, which has kind of been surprising. You know, ever, uh, nothing aside from like, I hope you got on the plane. <laughs> <got home. laughs> so oh i mean it was you know it was it was kind of a it was yeah i don't i don't know the the statement in general kind of bothered me um yeah so i it think was... maybe i should maybe i should address that actually because I, I think that there's there's been a lot of misconceptions drawn from that statement yeah um it was very business be, well <clears throat> one of the things was like you know, I'm, I'm looking at the statement right now, and it was like, it wasn't based on one night, week, month, et cetera. It was a culmination of things over the past year that came to a head on the road. What I don't understand about that, <clears throat> because I've asked them to clarify, um, because over the, over the past year, like, I've been collaborative. We've always been in communication. Yeah. We have a group chat that's, like, always going. And, you know, aside from, like, aside from, like, turning tracks back within a couple of days of receiving them, um, you know, I've helped with like the graphic design stuff, the social media marketing, the, um, uh, you know, artwork, load in, load out, all those sorts of things. Like, you know, when we, when we play shows, like I'm not the singer that like sits in the van and like chills out. Like I actually bust my ass to help people set up and, uh -huh. you know, I was helping Tony with the, with the light tech stuff and like setting up lights and, and setting up amps. And like, there's times where like I'd load in a crap ton of gear, you know, like that, that was never an issue with that. And um, I'd always bring business ideas to the table, uh, merch designs, things like that. Like anything that I could contribute, um, I would do. So, but coming to a head on the road, I wasn't really sure what that means because there wasn't, from what from what I understood, there wasn't any kind of tensions. So I don't really know what that means. Um, okay. <clears throat> the other part of it too was like there were issues with the smoking and drinking hurting his voice, overall lack of care for his instrument. So I have been a smoker for 12 years. Yeah. on and off i've probably quit a dozen times um and unfortunately like for me it's always been a vice so like when i'm super stressed out like that's when i usually break down and go back to it and um so that part you know before we left for tour i went through kind of like a big heartbreak type thing where i and i was just like stressed out freaking out because it's like it's it's if you've ever been in a relationship where you guys break up and then you're just like down in the dumps for a long time, yeah, <laughs> it was kind of it was kind of like that. But then you're gone for 40 days and there's nothing you can do because you're halfway across the country. Yeah, and you're and on top of so, that, long yeah. roads, you're just left alone with your thoughts. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of that. Um, <clears throat> and then you know the first couple days, like we had we had we had drives that were. That were, uh, I think the first one took about 15 hours to go from Tacoma to Salt Lake City. Oh, wow. Um, we stopped halfway at like four in the morning and we were up by like nine. We had to drive like another six hours or something like that. I can't remember how exactly. We had a late start. So we got about four hours 
of sleep the night that I went up to Jared's. He was throwing a party for himself, so I didn't get a whole lot of sleep. I was in bed by 5, <laughs> up by 9, because the van was supposed to be there at 10, and we were supposed to get an early start on the road. We didn't leave till like, 2. And we drove for, I think, 9 or 10 hours, and with, with stops and things like that, we got into a hotel at 4 in the morning. Out of there by 9, 10, something like that, and then get to the venue. And um, <clears throat> So there's there's all that. So, so going into the first show... Um, exhausted. <laughs> plus we're plus we're in like a new a new climate entirely, uh, which according to my vocal teacher who I went to for who I visited for about a month before going on the road, she's like climate change is going to be huge. Rest is a priority. These are two things that I just I didn't get any of. Um, so then we get into the show. First show of the tour. Uh, I'm allergic to the fog machine crap. So like oh yeah. That auto, that automatically affects me. So add that in on top of everything else. Try my best to stay hydrated the whole way. Um, but the first show is like something feels wrong. Like something's wrong with my voice. Like I'm having a really hard time doing this. And so the, like the first show was kind of rough, and that was kind of just to be expected. Like first time on the road, for, or first time, first time out and, and playing. I was like, okay, this is probably going to be a little bit rough, but I'm going to give it my all. Did that. And then I think we had like a 10-hour drive or an 8-hour drive the next day and then a 10-hour drive. So, again, lack of sleep and things like that. So those things all kind of affected affected like just overall endurance. And at one point, Jared was even like, well, we need to sleep more because we're all going to get burned out if we keep this up. And it's like we knew after the first after the first week we'd have like the drives would be like four hours or less. Not a problem at all. Um, but uh, so that was that was one part of it. So just the physical exhaustion of it all. Um, the first week or so and when i brought that up it was just kind of like man up it's tour <laughs> suck it up dude you know and, and 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 that's fair enough but it's like when you actually have to sing and sing well that part's hard yes so, <clears throat> but like my my overall um vocal care was like a minimum of like 60 ounces of water a day i would drink about anywhere from three to six cups of tea. I had lozenges. I had vocal stuff that was like specifically made for singers. Um, did that all day long. I would stay quiet uh, in the van. I'd usually lay down and like just listen to music and kind of zone out and try to just be quiet. Um, and the part that in the statement that has been driving me insane is the word drinking because there is a big misconception that I was like drunk. Yeah, or that you, I was at the at the show in Chicago. Like I didn't see a drink in your hand the whole time. Yeah. You were just chilling, hanging out. There was there was a guy that like at, at like four or five o'clock. It was like right before or it was right after VIP. This dude was like, "Can I buy you a beer?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, man." I sat there and I talked to him for about a half an hour, and that was the first one I'd had the entire tour. And then um, the second one I had on a day off in Lincoln, Illinois, at a bowling alley. And I went to bed <laughs> at, like, 1030. And the next one, I think, was in, uh, like, Kalamazoo because um, I wanted to try something local from Michigan. So I was like, all right, you know, whatever, try this. Because I'm, I'm from a beer town, so it's like I like to try different local local brews. Because we have, like, Ninkasi, we have Hop Valley, we've got uh, Oakshire, we've got... Sam Bonds. We have all these different breweries out here. Where you're you're really so. talking to me right now because like <laughs> we, we have another yeah. show on this network called Brews with Dudes where we try oh, yeah? where we try uh, craft beer, just whatever mm -hmm. we can. Uh, it's usually it, it started out the show 
each person that was guesting that day would bring in uh, a beer that no one else had had that they hadn't even yeah. had. And we would yeah. just all drink it one by one and talk yeah. about it and then talk about whatever and then go on the next beer. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I've, been, I've been doing my craft beer journey for about a year now and it's been yeah, a lot yeah. of fun um we have we have a lot of awesome breweries here in indiana like 450 north brewing company and uh three floyds uh three floyds being oh, yeah. the much bigger one uh, if you ever have something called zombie dust or alpha king maybe gumball head i definitely recommend <laughs> i'll have to try and see if i can find them yeah it sounds it sounds awesome but like so there's so there's three yeah two two before show you know, one or sorry, one before two different shows. The other three were doing loadout. So <laughs> six beers in 11 days. But the term drinking implies that I was like drunk or I was yeah. an alcoholic or abusing it or something like that. And the reality is like I would drink maybe like four hours before before we had to play. And the rest of the mm-hmm. time was, was water and tea. I had a steam inhaler like I had all sorts of shit that I would do to, to take care of my voice. <clears throat> my one, my one thing that I, that I didn't stop doing was smoking because that's, I'm addicted. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, like it's, yeah. And it's a shitty habit. Like it's, it's a fucking awful ta- uh, habit to have. And yeah, that's something that I did not cut everything else. I would do very consciously and try to make sure that I wasn't doing things that would harm my voice. Like mm-hmm. I'd speak at low volumes or I'd go someplace quiet if somebody wanted to talk or, so I'm not yelling over music or anything like that. So to kind of keep, you know, to keep that all in shape. But like <clears throat> that misconception has been driving around and like there's, and I made the mistake of like looking on like in the comments <laughs> section of things That's on, the on worst. different social media. It, it's, and it's like, yeah, it's not cool when you're, when your singer shows up to a show drunk. And I'm like, what the fuck? No, dude. <laughs> like I had, and then there's, there's other people that are like, I bought that guy a beer. Oh, actually. Yeah. The dude that, uh, that bought me a beer in, in Berwyn. He's like, oh no, or I think it was him, or maybe he said Salt Lake, which is impossible because there was no alcohol allowed there. Whatever. Oh no, this but is my fault. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is super weird shit. So I'm like, <clears throat> so I'm like, no, there's there there was never like an alcohol problem for anyone on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're we're not a party band. Like we take this stuff very seriously. So, but it was weird to see these comments. Like, yeah, he was let go due to substance abuse issues. I'm like, the fuck. <laughs> substance abuse issues are you kidding me like and there's people like yeah i think he was on pills i'm like what wow is this? Yeah, the internet's a funny shit. place it is super weird man and like so so i'm like trying to drive these misconceptions down into the dirt because i'm like you know i'm not an alcoholic like, here's the six beers i had in lynn <laughs> um <laughs> so and, and physiologically yes like physiologically alcohol can affect your voice it can dry out your vocal cords oh, and yeah. those sorts of things but it's like that's if you're not hydrating, if you're not doing anything to combat the effects of alcohol or you're drinking excessively, like absolutely you will damage your voice at some point in time. Um, but like having one four or five hours before showtime or four hours before I have yeah, to Yeah, that's not going to do anything. While, while hydrating and, and breathing steam and doing lozenges and warming up for 20 minutes and doing all these different things to make sure that I'm going to be prime on stage, that's something else. Um, so it's, it's debatable whether or not that was actually a factor at all, but we got to, uh, we got to Pontiac, Michigan and it was after a day off and I woke up and I had no voice. Yeah. This is after, after a rest day of being cold. Oh, I lost you. Suddenly I've got, oh, you got me? Yep. I got you back. back. 
<laughs> so, so after so after a day off um, of being quiet and resting my voice and just and just being silent most of the day, like I went for a swim at the hotel, like just did nothing besides just shut up basically. And the next morning I woke up and had no voice. I'm like, oh god, what's going on? And what was weird about it was like I have friends who live in Detroit that I hadn't seen for like eight years, like people that I grew up with. And so I'm like, I have to do the show. I've got to do it. Like these guys live here. Like I haven't seen these guys in almost a decade. Got to do it. So I was able to kind of nurse my voice up to about 60% enough to be able to do enough to be able to do the show. I had to sing a lot of stuff like an octave lower than I normally do. So do the show. And afterwards I went down to the green room and just started immediately like gargling salt water and drinking like ginger ale and those sorts of things to kind of soothe my, my voice. And the next day my voice was back. I was like, Oh sweet. So I get up in the morning and I'm like, good morning, everyone. Like, where is everybody? They're, you're late to the van call. And, uh, <laughs> and everybody's like, Hey, bye. Yep. Sort <laughs> oh, of. Shit. I mean like, yeah, sort of. So they get out there and like, here's the plan. Like we're going to put you in a hotel. <clears throat> so you can rest your voice. Uh, you're not going to play the show tonight. We're going to have the other guys from the other bands come and fill in, and we'll, we'll make it work. So you had to rest today. I was like, well, my voice is back. Like, well, no, we want you to we want you to rest today. Like, All right, cool. I'm not happy about it because I wasn't part of that decision. But yeah. what are you going to do? You know. Yeah. I'm so I'm thinking, okay, well, for the betterment of the band and for the for the longevity of the tour, like I'll do it. I'll go ahead and 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 comply. I guess you know. <laughs> and um, so I do. And so I spent the day just kind of like pacing around my hotel, gargling salt water, doing all the, all the different tricks that I'd learned about vocal care. Like there's one that's like you chew aspirin and like kind of inhale so that it goes down your, uh, your trachea and like sits on your vocal cords and it reduces the swelling, helps you kind of heal faster. That's interesting. Um, so then I, so then I started looking up like local, um, hospitals and I found an urgent care about a mile away. Um, like university medical urgent care, I think in like outside of Cleveland, like two, like two, like two or three miles from the, from the airport. So I walked down there and, uh, the doctor like put the camera up my nose and down my throat. Cause I'm like, I think I've got laryngitis or I'm trying to get over it. And he's like, well, let's take a look. And, and cause I was going to be like, can I get a steroid shot or something so that I can just get back on my feet and do this Cause we've got like, you know, we have like, uh, 28 more dates to do wow and so so uh so he goes well you don't have laryngitis I'm like oh i don't he's like no or excuse me i had a camera down my throat so i'm like oh. <laughs> and <laughs> um he's like no it looks like you've you've got like he goes like where, where are you from i'm like well I'm, I'm from oregon he's like do you have allergies I'm like, yeah of course he's like where, where like what kind of allergies i'm like well I, i'm from willamette in the willamette valley where we have like the most grass fields like in the entire nation. So like my allergies are severe. He's like, did you, are you still taking allergy medication? I was like, well, no, once, once we left Oregon, um, I didn't think I'd need it because we we're at different places. Didn't, didn't think that uh, I would need any kind of any to take that stuff anymore. Yeah. I, the, the same allergens weren't there uh, or histamines or whatever you want to call them. But so he's like, well, okay, well, yeah, you're probably good there. That was a good call. And he's like, well, but I can see that you've got like, you've got a lot of drainage in your sinuses and, and down your throat and things like that. So it looks like you just had a common cold. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, yeah, you probably had it for about a week or so. It usually takes about a week to really get it out of your system. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well that's, that's good to know. At least it's just that. 
and it's not like something that's going to be affecting me for the rest of the tour. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So later on, uh, you know, it's like 1230 or something like that. And I, I know the show's over. The, the venue is like 10 miles away. So I'm like, yo, guys, like, what's your ETA? You guys coming back? <laughs> and they <laughs> give me this message. It's like, it's like, the tour's not going how we want it to go. Uh, we don't feel like you're taking care of your voice. And we decided to move to finish the tour without you. Uh, the vibe was, was better tonight with the fill-ins and all this sort of stuff. Like, there's a plane, there's a car coming for you at 9 in the morning, you're, you're hopping on a flight home. And I'm like, yo, you guys need to call me right now. <laughs> so I can... And, <laughs> hey, and like, they're like, yeah. no, we've already, we've already talked it over, we made our decision. And just, I was like, no, this is, you know, you guys need to call me. Like, yeah, I, I didn't quit smoking, but I haven't since since yesterday at, like, 3, you know. I, had, I quit cold turkey um, uh in Pontiac at like 3 p.m. I was like, I'm done. Last one. I'm over it. <laughs> and my voice came back the next day, right? Yeah. And then I, I do the thing with the doctor and all this sort of stuff. And, and uh, <clears throat> but I get this message, this, this big message, and I'm like, yo, you guys need to call me. So I'm like calling him on the phone. Like, somebody pick up the phone. No one no one does. And I was like, I'm seriously fine. Like, we can we can do this. It's just the common cold. But they uh, they, they wouldn't respond or or pick up the phone. So didn't get a chance to talk to anybody <laughs> and, and instead it was like if you don't get on the flight you have to reimburse us or anything like well, i don't have money for that shit so i guess i'm getting on a flight shit so i did i got home uh <clears throat> like two in the morning they were they were nice enough to like get me a ticket and, and and some money to like get an uber from from seattle to to Puyallup and then enough gas money to like drive home four hours south and so i mean they took care of me in that regard yeah. but uh, unfortunately, it's like if I had just had a day, like an extra day, maybe two, of of vocal rest and hydrating, I would have been back to 100. Yeah. percent So it's a, kind of a bummer, man. Like it's it's kind of a it's kind of a bummer to, I, I think that the in in general, like the decision was just kind of made in haste and it was kind of uninformed. Because, I think so too. Yeah. But um, but you know they're doing a good job. Tony's Tony stepped up he's he's doing he's doing well on vocals and then of course like you know lee's hopping in there and so brian mm-hmm. from the home team and like and austin's coming up and doing certain parts too so it's like it's they're covering it well yeah um and it sucks because it's like i you know it's the internet is such a toxic fucking place man yes on, yes it is like, he sucked and they're like fuck dude i was sick <laughs> leave me alone <laughs> you know there's there's that and and um but I'm trying to just take it on the chin and call it a day and just move the fuck on because there's nothing else that I'm able to do with it. And that's the best um, thing you can do. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, it sucks and it, it sucks and it hurts. And because like, this was my dream to go and do this mm-hmm. and it got, it got cut short due to a common cold, but the, the misconception that's, that's or not the misconception, but like the, um, the statement made it sound like I was doing nothing to, to care for my voice which is which isn't really the case um you know and i'm not gonna trash those guys or anything like that like jared's been one of the only people that reached out to me so like i know that dude's that dude's good like and he's more he's a more humble person than you would ever expect from a dude who's got that much like star power or whatever yeah. you know but like he's a good good dude with a good heart and he's incredibly gracious and 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 uh and humble like the rest of the guys i haven't heard from uh aside from you know comments on twitter and <laughs> social media that just kind of drives the nails in so i don't really know 
Yeah, all I've seen, all I've seen is like people, where's Tanner? Where's Tanner? And I'll see Fluff. Yeah. He's not with us anymore. <laughs> it's like, yep. And I'm like, man, I'm, yeah. I'm really glad I got to see you on tour. Thanks, man. Because, you know, uh, uh, like, like, fun show. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, it, it, it kind of sucked for me because so I had my girlfriend right in front of me or right beside me, right in front of me. And then during your set, that's when the pits started. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. shit. <laughs> so my block. It's weird that the, the pit starts in like Sleep City. I'm like, that's the softest <laughs> song. Okay. Sure, I know, yeah. right? It's, it is odd, but <laughs> no. So my blocking arm. So I'm, I'm playing boyfriend now, you know, blocking yeah, the yeah. pit from blocking my girlfriend from the pit. And my blocking arm, the day before, I had just got a half sleeve done. So it's like just oh, really shit. tender. And I'm like, oh, oh this no. is going to suck. <laughs> so I'm like trying to block people from bashing into me, bashing into her with like a yeah. completely fresh ink arm. Ah, but ouch. Yeah. Damn. But no, that was that was a really great show. It was, it was really great to see um, Fluff and Jared and you and and uh, yeah. Tony and uh, what is the drummers? Chris? Chris, yeah yeah it, it, he's he's fresh to me so i'm like ah that guy and you yeah. know it was it was really cool seeing him all over the show beforehand because like i'm like yeah <laughs> seeing him uh photograph everything and i'm just sitting here like watching i'm like that looks like the yeah the new drummer and then, of course miranda my girlfriend she's like hey he's been just been hanging out what the hell <laughs> yeah, yeah. So climb up on stage I mean, you know hey he does all the photography stuff for, uh, yeah. for the home team and, oh yeah, sweet so he, they like hire him to do that kind of thing, and yeah, it's pretty cool. But yeah, it but, was. Um, yeah, and he's an audio dude too. Oh, like, nice. He works at he works at El Corazon in in, uh, in Seattle, like doing sound or whatever. Okay. And so like, he kind of figured out like the whole in ear system and how we could run that with the with the lights and everything else. So he's he's really intuitive with that. So him and Fluff, it's combined. Like they just oh, got their yeah. shit down, um, which is really really cool. So yeah, being a yeah. fan of Fluff, like uh, that's that's really helped me in my journey uh, in terms of yeah. like recording, because uh, I've I've gotten a ton of gear and stuff like from his demos and whatnot i got the i got the se uh v7 right down yeah. here too uh from the the demo yeah. you guys did i i loved yeah. it so i love this mic man it sounds good i mean oh, hell so yeah. i'm using for this for the podcast <laughs> yeah <it sounds> pretty <laughs> legit so hell yeah no compressors or anything like it's, this is just going in this is a dry signal hell like yeah. there's nothing going into this just straight into my board so nice sounds pretty rad i love this thing uh, but yeah it was it was really great to finally see you guys play live and because last year when the self-titled album came out that album hit me and it oh, yeah. just <laughs> kept playing all year it's still playing today like nice. I, I think i said it on one of the previous shows but it was my number one from last year but the oh, clo a close second Jeez. was uh trivium sent in the sentence oh yeah 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 and i was just like god damn this album is so good because um I, I kind of went on like a, a journey of like, like once again, self finding. Cause I broke up yeah. with a girlfriend and, in the hopes of I'm going to, you know, focus on myself this year, focus on music and re uh, more so the recording side of music. And mm -hmm. that led me to my podcast and all that instead of music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but no, so listening to all those songs and just the, like the way your melodies and harmonies, like just, blended so well with the music and it just there's there's hardly any songs on that album that don't give me some kind of chills at some point oh cool <laughs> yeah did something right then yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's that's my goal okay so when i write music when yeah. i wrote music 
my goal was always to make music that moved people emotionally in some way. Yeah. And I think if, if music can do that to me, that's, that means the world to me. So if I could do that for somebody, that would mean the world to me too. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the goal, man. Like, the, the stuff that, I think it was Aaron Lewis from Stained was kind of like, I'm going to write about all this negative shit so that other mm -hmm. people can relate to it and know that they're not alone. <laughs> I yeah. guess. It was kind of like the same idea, kind of like that, that, that a positive negative or whatever, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, people can relate to, to the different stuff. And, like, I took it a step further uh, even more with this. I did this thing called Songs and Scars on Tumblr. And yeah, I wanted to look into that. I never got around to it. Though. Yeah, it's it's a catalog of like all my lyrics, and then uh, from every from every band I've been in, plus like some solo project stuff and other random stuff that like never really kind of saw the light of day. But if there's, but it's kind of multimedia, whatever. But it, it goes through like uh, like a biography of each of each band and kind of like the stuff that happened during the bands. Okay. And then each song has like the backgrounds of of what the songs are about. Mm -hmm. so you can kind of tie a little bit deeper to it so people can kind of relate to it a little bit more and which which normally like i don't really i think a lot of bands kind of purposely will 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 choose to um like not put it all out there like and let people kind of like interpret it for themselves but i was just kind of like yeah screw it like i'm just going to tell the real story behind it because for me <laughs> it helped me process all the shit that i'd gone through oh, <laughs> growing right. up so, but the, but the cool thing is like there's there's live videos, there's like recordings, like SoundCloud links, there's Spotify links, there's YouTube stuff, there's all sorts of things that kind of embedded in it. So it's like kind of this neat little experience. But like a few people have read it and been like, that was really cool. Like I actually <laughs> relate to that and yeah. and kind of took it a little bit further. And it's like if that meant something to somebody, even one person, then mission accomplished. Like cool. Mm -hmm. But that's I love that kind of thing, man. I love doing that sort of stuff with people. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the goal of music for, for me is to create art and not let it be hollow. You know what I mean? Oh, like there's definitely. so much stuff, there's so much shit out there now on the radio that's, that's just, I don't know. It's just, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not real. It's, it's not cold. art. It's just yeah. kind of, it's just product, I guess you yeah. could say. You're speaking and, to me, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and I, and I just don't see the point in it. It's like it's it's like it's like buying a car that doesn't get you anywhere. Um, <laughs> you know, you can roll it down a hill and you're like, look, I have a car, but it's nothing. So, like, as far as like, creating art, that's kind of the different a different perspective, I think. And I don't know if I don't know if those goals really aligned with the rest of the guys because I wanted to create art. And they, I think, were more interested in, in selling a product, which can be one and the same thing. Yeah. Um, well, that's wanted, that's the cool thing about thing. about the vocalist end, is like you mm. are the human connection. Like you are what's going to connect to the people, the Was. most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you still are because you're you're still a vocalist. You still yeah. you still write. You're gonna you're gonna go forward. I know you are. Uh, I'm gonna try to. Yeah. So, like, you are the human aspect of the music. So what they can create product all they want. The Whoever can create product all they want, people are going to latch on to what you're doing on an emotional level in whatever way. And I think that, that's, that's important to remember. Yeah, that's true. Curious to see what happens going forward. 
because I don't know, man. Like, there's a you know we had we did this with these five song demos. Yeah. Uh, that we shopped out to labels, and I don't know from a business perspective if that gains any traction. I don't know how that's gonna pan out when they're like, well, we don't have that vocalist anymore. <laughs> we don't have the person that wrote these songs anymore. So I don't know how that's gonna pan out for them as a business decision. I don't see how that's conducive, but um, yeah, I, that's gonna be a, an interesting, an interesting thing to follow, I guess. I had a that. I had a similar conundrum in my last band. So I came in, fil- I I replaced their f- first singer who they had been yeah. with for years. They had had I think I think two full length CDs with them, and they wanted me to learn at least a few of those songs so we could play them and then write all new. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess at some point he had a problem with, he's like, well, it, I, if you're going to be using those songs, you can't use my lyrics and he can't sing those. Mm-hmm. And, and the, mm-hmm. the head honcho of the band per se is he, he was like, no, when you write for this band, that those lyrics are, f- are a property of the band. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I'm just here. <laughs> I'm just singing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how that's gonna work. Um, you know, I, I the thing is, is like I I could I could easily take the songs that I wrote and write new music to it. Yeah. And and put them out myself, or because the thing is, like they're not released. So like all the stuff that's on the on the self titled record, like I've basically lost that. <laughs> like, yeah. Basically lost those songs. Um, the stuff that hasn't hit the airwaves or any of the streaming services, like those are still unreleased so i don't know if i can use those or not there was never anything in sign like signed that was uh-huh. that was like once you write for us then those are ours i don't <laughs> think we ever had any kind of agreement like that so i don't know if, if that's going to be i hope it's not going to be an issue i think that you know if they want to write different stuff they they absolutely can um i want to keep my songs i want to keep the words that i write for, yeah i mean they're, stuff too. they're personal for you you know like that's yeah that's your heart and soul right there yeah, I mean, it's even now watching, it's like seeing the live clips of stuff where, you know, there's, there's, there's Tony doing vocals and there's, and there's Lee and there's, um, uh, Brian and there's, and there's, uh, Austin going on stage. Because the songs are so deeply personal to me, it's kind of like, it's kind of like watching like four dudes fuck your wife in front of like an entire <laughs> city block. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's just like that's oh, one it, way to put it. <laughs> it hurts, man. It hurts. Yeah. Because like th- there's, you know, ah, it's just it's such a it's such a downer. So I try not to like I try I had to like unfollow all like all the hashtags and stuff like just because it's just like God damn it, man. I don't want to see that. But that's <laughs> the best way I can put it, I guess. <laughs> it's like it's like watching a bunch of dudes bang your wife. Yeah, it's that just oh. such a way with words. <laughs> Yeah, really know Sorry, how to yeah, paint a picture. There's the inner, there's the inner <laughs> lyricist poet part of me that just comes out. But yeah, I mean, it's you know, I wish them luck, and I'm not going to talk bad on them. No, they're no. still they're good people. Um, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, seeing seeing the comments and things from fans and the misconceptions that were kind of drawn out of that statement has kind of been the the battle while I'm home. It's like, yo, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't have a drug problem. I've smoked I've smoked weed like maybe five times my entire life i've never been hooked on hard substances and it's like even then that was sort of like my early 20s and i'm a 30 year old man so it's like am i allowed to have an adult beverage yeah yeah, yeah. you know especially when i'm being <laughs> responsible with it 
um, smoking. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a stupid thing. It never affected me before. Um, but in conjunction with fatigue, climate change, um, you know, brutal heat <laughs> or dryness <laughs> or these different things, no matter like what how much I hydrate, like those 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 factors eventually pile up, and it's like, and then you add smoking on top of it, and it's like it's just one thing that doesn't help, doesn't get you any much anywhere over that hump, but that's just my one stupid vice and the one thing that I did yeah. that I that I did wrong and I'll, and I own that mistake every time that people are like oh he's dumbass drunk fucking yeah it's crazy <laughs> there was even a dude there was even a dude that was like the comments are gone now but it was on the it was on the Instagram thing it was like I met that guy and he was drunk and it was disgusting and he was slurring his words and falling over I'm like who the hell did you talk to man when? <laughs> and I, so I wrote him back and I said the same thing I said to you. I was like, I had six beers in like 11 days. You know, like if, if you think you met me, you didn't, I think it was, no, it was, uh, he was saying it was in, he was saying it was in Michigan somewhere like Pontiac. I didn't talk to anybody because I couldn't, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to talk to anyone. Mm -hmm. I was trying to save my voice for the show and Kalamazoo, I went for a walk and I was talking to dudes outside for two hours. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> It was really, really odd, but I, I guess I came across as like a stuck-up dickhead, and that's totally just, what I'm getting right now. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge <laughs> asshole, man. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, and that was really disheartening. But I, I, I wrote him back, and I was because I, I stay out of the comments as much as I can, unless I'm just like, come on, that's ridiculous. So I wrote him. I was like, if I offended you, man, like I'm really sorry. Like, feel free to, feel free to send me a message, and we can talk it through. But I don't, I don't recall ever meeting you, and I was definitely never drunk on tour, so. I don't know where you're where you're getting this idea, but and all of a sudden, like all the comments were gone. They were just deleted. I'm like, whoa, okay. So I don't know. It was it was really bizarre, but it's it's funny to to kind of see people come up with their own stories. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> like he was drunk and he was an asshole and he was naked on the roof and like, who knows? Like I don't know. <laughs> just weird weird stuff like that. Like, he keyed my van. Like I don't know. Just weird weird stories like that that that. I think that people kind of want to be part of the story and they yes. kind of like to watch people fall. the sensationalism. Like that, 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 yeah. It's like that weird, it's like that weird, um, tendency of like, of like people wanting to kind of see somebody just like hit rock bottom just to see what it looks like or something. I don't know if that's like the intent, <laughs> but it's just like, damn freaking ruthless internet. But, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. It's, it's odd. It's definitely odd. Yeah. But, um, so moving forward, I've seen you, uh, yeah. you've been reconnecting with your old band, Dry Season. Yeah, yeah, I got back, and then like a week later, uh, it was my, my old drummer's birthday. Uh, Cake, he actually, did, he actually did the drums on uh, the Fallen Theory stuff. Okay. Because we, we didn't have a drummer at the time, so it was me and the guitar player kind of, uh, he wrote all the riffs, and then I would kind of structure the songs, and then I would write like, I would write like the like the basic drum beats that I kind of wanted for the thing, and then the bass, and then I would take that down to to Medford, and Cake would kind of elaborate on the drums a little bit more and make it cooler. Okay. I'd come back, retract the bass, the bass parts were there, and then John would do would then finish all the like the final tracks for for guitar and bass. Once those were done, we had like the instrumental stuff like done. Then I would do the final vocals on it. <clears throat> but uh, so Cake was a part of that project, and then. You know, dry season had been active for about four years, uh, back through 
I think it was like through 2008 through 2013. I I came in second. I was the second vocalist on that on that band, um, as well, and kind of wrote the album with them. And we'd done like the last band standing competition, which is like a oh gosh, it's like an eight week long battle of the bands competition type thing where they they it's kind of like a bracket thing and it comes out right. the final two. So we did that, <clears throat> and then we had we had gigs with like Papa Roach, Hinder. Brian uh, Welch, uh, Smile Empty Soul, like a bunch of random bands. We got to play with those guys, and we did a whole bunch of stuff. And then in 2011, uh, in February, our guitar player died. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, he died in a car crash. He's tattooed on my arm terribly. Oh, wow. <clears throat> but um, so he died in a car crash. He was spent, he spent a week in the ICU here in Eugene. Uh, we're from Medford. And... So after he passed away, we took a couple months off. Uh, we did like some acoustic shows, and then we tried to rebuild the band where I would play guitar and sing. Or and then we and then we were like, okay, well let's let's bring this other dude in. So we brought this other guy in, and he had issues like with bipolar disorder, and I, like an incredible artist, but also like just kind of like a walking mess in real life. So we had to let him go, and then he came back in. Let me let him go again, and then I was on guitar for a while, and, and this was back in like 2013, I think it must have been, and it eventually just got to the point where it's like, yo, if we're gonna save this band, we need to end it for a while, oh, and wow. so we did. Yeah. And and we had a second record like in the works back then, of all the stuff that Jesse had, had started working on, and so I get back from tour. And it was it was Cake's birthday. And he's like, "We're doing a big barbecue. We're gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna smoke all this meat." <laughs> and he did, man. He had a freaking dude. He had like a, he has like this big old like Traeger smoker thing. And oh man, the dude just like went all out. It was awesome. But um, so it was it was the all four of us, the, the four remaining members of of Dry Season, and like we just hung out, shot the shit, talked a bunch. Uh, pulled up like all the old demos and like listened through <laughs> all the recordings and things like that. At one point, like uh, Jason, the other guitar player, and I, like sat down and kicked sat behind the drums. And, like we just started jamming the songs that we hadn't we hadn't played in five or six years. We just like sat down and just started jamming through them. And, like holy crap, we got it still. You know? <laughs> and like he's and he's like trying to figure parts out. And I'm like it's, I think it's this. And he's like oh shit yeah. And he like hops back on board. And then so it's just back and forth, kind of like relearning all the stuff. And I came home and like. Real, and I sat down and like played the record for the first time in, in like six years or whatever or five years and, and hit him up I kind of hit him up I was like yo you know I, back in the day like there, all there was was like CD Baby or mm-hmm. uh, like the other or you'd have to have like an actual like distribution company that you could hire to like put your stuff out on the market yeah now it's like there's, now there's DistroKid so it's like you can pay 20 bucks a year and release however much music you want to I'm like this is a no brainer we should just make this record and put it out see if it gains any traction and kind of go from there and see if maybe like if we want to do some live shows or a CD release thing or like plan a short tour or, or whatever. Cause it's like, now we're all, now we're all like post 30 years old. <laughs> so it's like, we've kind of grown and gotten our shit figured out. And like some, some, some of us have like mellowed out. Some of us are just like our drummer cake is his feet are insane now. Like one of the best drummers I've heard in forever. And, um, just super tight i don't know it's 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 crazy but it's like we're all kind of in the headspace now where it's like we could actually do this much better yeah and 
and and the technology's gotten better since we could put out a better sounding record in general. I don't know. It's it, it's it's definitely in the works. I think we're gonna go for it. Um, you know, Cake's been blowing up my phone all morning. I'm like, oh, I gotta figure out how to record <laughs> this and that again. I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, just do it. So I think we're gonna go for we're gonna go, you know, the DI route and probably like reamp stuff and put a record out there and and see if it awesome. uh, see if it gets any gets any listens <laughs> just just for the hell of it. Like, oh, you know, I'll check can, it out. Yeah, I mean, we can <laughs> we can self release it. You know, we can mix and master the thing for free and put it on the internet mm-hmm. for twenty bucks. <laughs> it's like and I, I'm sure you've learned so. plenty of shit from Fluff yeah. on how to do all yeah, that yeah. stuff too. So. I learned a lot of a lot of cool inside business type stuff that was. Um, yeah, that, that really worked out well, and I've, I've learned a lot about the industry mm-hmm. in, in that regard for sure. So hopefully I can kind of take that and, and apply it to, to Dry Season or, or a new band, or if I do a solo endeavor of some sort, I can kind of form a band around that and just see what happens. But um, I think we're going to do it. Um, we, you know, I posted a little clip of the song Wrong on my Instagram and things, and, and it's a pretty cool song. Like it, it was a much softer edge. The second record was a lot softer than... Than the first one, where it was a lot, more, a lot more screaming and that kind of thing. And yeah. The second one had a lot more clean vocals and it had moments of <sighs> like heavy, heavy stuff. So I don't know. We'll see if it goes. We'll see if it works. We'll see if it sticks. Yeah. We'll see if it, uh, we can put it out and see if it gets a following. If it does and there's enough people that actually give a damn, then we'll probably pursue some shows and try to try to book some things. But uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how, how, what happens. I look forward to it, man. Uh, yeah. so when you, when you started doing vocals, um, did you start screaming or did you start singing? Uh, I think I started singing first. Like I, I learned how to sing to like stained okay. and cedar. Um, like in my car, driving back and forth to Medford all the time. <laughs> With like a half an hour drive, so I'd sit there and just like blare it and try to figure out the techniques. And then like Breaking Benjamin kind of like changed the way I approached vocals and stuff. Yes. And then and then the the real switch was when I discovered coke and cambria and i was like what is this this guy's voice is freaking (laughs) weird so then that worked on extending my range and then it was like i'd sing along like paramore and that kind of stuff to kind of get those higher notes uh more and more as i as i as i kind of grew and then but then also like the screaming stuff of like of norma jean or kill switch and all these so all these different influences i I try to just mimic for a really long time and it wasn't until it wasn't really until Fallen Theory, I'd say, that I didn't that I really discovered like what my voice was. Uh-huh. But those, but and and then and then in Rest Repose, like I actually got real vocal lessons because I tr- come to find out I was singing wrong like most of my life. <laughs> and <laughs> I, and ironically, I, I feel like that's where I'm at. I'm gonna if something's gonna yeah. click, and I'm gonna be like, whoa! It's crazy, man. Like some of the stuff that you do to like keep to 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 keep your voice ironically i went to i went to vocal lessons for avoiding fatigue and longevity on the road but you can't apply that shit when you're sick no so yeah it just <laughs> it was a it, but otherwise like i the only reason that i got through as many shows as i did was because of those techniques that i learned from the vocal coach but at the same time you also kind of find like your own voice in yes. that process of like of, of writing or of, of, uh, of, of applying these techniques that you probably didn't know before, like keeping your larynx down and, and being able to hit high notes without choking yourself out. Like all these really, really interesting things. Um, like volume is a big part of hitting high notes. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> and then there's also like the the stuff that I that I do live, um, where it's not like a scream, but it's not singing. It's like this weird kind of like Dustin Kinsrew thrice kind of yeah type thing. That's some that's a technique I've been working on for a couple years now. It's like it's like a toned scream. Yeah, where you actually put really, a little bit of your voice into it. Yeah, it's and it's really difficult. The 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 problem is is like there's there's a technique and how to do it right and I didn't quite have it figured out 100%. So a lot of the times it's kind of searching for it, but mm-hmm. um but like that's that's one that because you're not going low volume and you're not also like singing super high notes it it does have a little bit of wear it does cause a little bit of wear and tear or or a little bit of fatigue in general but the techniques that i was able to learn i was i was able to do it in certain parts and i was like oh this is so cool like (laughs) smooth sail through this part you know yeah yeah like the word emerging or whatever from from retrospect like that first word became like way easier to do and i don't know it's just cool i think it's like the notes like an f sharp or something like that which which is like where most people crack um, their voice. So it's like right at that spot, I can do that little overdrive thing. And it's like, oh, I always call it a vocal overdrive. Yeah, I was. I uh, know what you did the FAQ Monday with Fluff. And I, yeah. I, was, I just yeah, popped yeah. up on my recommended videos the other day. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it again. I'm getting ready to talk to this guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I, you guys, you were talking about that. Yeah, it's such a cool concept because as soon as you said vocal overdrive, one, I knew exactly what part. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and two, I knew exactly what you were talking about because like yeah. I've been studying vocal techniques. My my buddy Ryan Strain, he's uh, up around the Seattle area. He's he does vocal mm. covers and stuff for years. And I actually I I connected with him because he did an across the sun vocal cover. But oh, cool. uh, he's he's been he did like a tutorial series where he taught people how to scream in all these different ranges and all these different techniques and the tone <laughs> scream or the overdrive is one of them. And yeah. I, it's something I'm still trying to figure out. I've, I've figured it out in certain ways and certain aspects, but it's a struggle and it's, it's continue, continual it learning, you know? It's, it's weird. Like, if you don't think about it as much, like, if you don't psych yourself out before you do it, it kind of comes naturally. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's kind of – I think that that's another thing, too, is, like, live, there, there's so much pressure on that tour because there's so much writing on it. Uh, as far as like label support and these things, things that we're all looking at the band. So it's like anytime that I had to hit some note that was going to be like, like a big one or whatever, like I kind of got psyched out a little bit and kind of <laughs> choked it up. I was like, oh fuck, here we go. So I'm like, you murder! Oh damn it! You know, like it was just a weird, stupid thing, a psychological blockages. Oh yeah. Um, so like that part kind of sucked, but um, for the most part, like and then other parts, like once you once you hit it, you're like, oh, okay, here we're good now. It's fine. So there are a lot of weird vocal techniques and just weird stuff for warm-ups that you wouldn't think of. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look at me- Melissa Cross, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, the Marge Simpson voice uh-huh. or, or making siren noises or like all this weird stuff. Like you make the siren noise, but you keep your larynx down as much as you can or, or you, you find your highest note that you can hit and then you try to do like five notes past it and like that conditions your voice to... to uh, to to hit those notes easier mm-hmm. or when you're hitting a, or when you're hitting a really high note you go bump you bump up one and it kind of like snaps and engages your voice to do what you want it to do and it's just weird like normally you would go you like you hit that note and you kind of have a tendency to kind of like come down but i was taught like you hit the note and you go higher and then it 
it evens out and kind of like it's kind of like stretching the rubber band and now it's okay. now a little bit like looser that kind of a thing hmm. so like there's all sorts of really interesting techniques in in, in vocal training my biggest and, issue i've come across in terms of like trying to train my own voice and expand mm -hmm. my horizons per se is like i can't get over the whole i feel stupid doing this <laughs> you know right, yeah no it, it's it's, it's tough it is really weird and it's and it's and it's interesting um like the first because i because I'm, I'm one of those people that's really shy about like like just sing something and i'm like no nah. <laughs> no <laughs> i can't just do that it's like going to a vocal coach and she's like okay i'm gonna play this piano i want you to like run this scale with me so i'm like there and i'm kind of just doing it at, at like a low volume she's like no 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 stand in the other room and project i'm like uh okay Shit. i'll do that so i go <laughs> in the other room so i'm like on the other side of the room and and you know <laughs> just doing something she's like okay you're gonna you're gonna hold your cheeks and you're gonna make sounds over there i'm like okay she's like i want you to drown out the piano entirely it's like okay so i'm sitting on the other side of the room like like all this weird stuff the whole time for like five minutes or whatever and then doing as and ahs turns out that like i and a those vowels will will like wreck your voice over time so they're they're like they're because it naturally raises your larynx so like so, so saying words like uh i you have to kind of turn into like an uh sound mm -hmm. and ah you turn into like eh so like eh eh um so all of these different things that you kind of learn or or hitting like super high notes like taking the microphone and kind of angling it out going off axis and going out here Ooh. it pick up it picks up all the high notes but it doesn't pick up the breath it doesn't pick up the the release at the end of it like when you're hitting like ah you know like then you kind of let it off so there's all these really huh. crazy things that i learned on this on this whole on this whole thing uh in, in the vocal lessons and trying to apply that live when you're so used to doing things wrong for a decade yeah it's, <laughs> it's all muscle like, memory and ah uh, yeah yeah so it's like i'm trying to go from like i can't turn my eyes away i uh, can't uh can't turn my eyes away it's, a, it's just a weird thing. So you're doing this really interesting um, kind of adaptation and kind of le learning that through uh, all the other ridiculous factors that were that were involved in all of that sort of thing. So it's a learning curve, man. Like uh -huh. when you've been doing things and, you know, I can't think of any other words right now. That, but there's like other parts that just have like hard A's and I vowels and changing those into something else. It's just, uh, it's it's quite the adjustment period. Oh, so. I can, I can imagine. It's, yeah. I, I, I did vocals for my buddy's band uh, a couple months ago and boy, was it rough. <laughs> like, yeah. like I haven't <laughs> been, I haven't been like for my own bands, like I haven't been live for seven years now. And wow. it, it's, it's taken everything out of me cause that's all I want. But, uh, yeah. uh, no. So like, it's just weird. Uh, being up there again and uh, trying to not butcher their song, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And all the while, you know, still trying to kick ass. And I had somebody approach me afterwards. They're like, "Dude, do you have a band right now?" And it's somebody that knows me and I hang out with regularly. Like, "Dude, do you have a, do you have a band?" I'm like, "Not really. That does anything. I have a, I have a 
like a, an internet project where I just do vocals and he does all the instruments and we just release whatever. Uh, and he's, I was like, no, nothing in the life. He's like, you should, you should do this more. I'm like, fuck, don't get, yeah. don't tell me that. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd that's love a, to. That's a good way to do it for sure. Yeah. One, one of the things that's like kept me from uh, pursuing bands and stuff more often or trying like, yeah, uh, is when I, I, when I finally get a band, I have the hardest time writing. Like really? my, my life, I have a good life. Like I have nothing yeah. negative in my life to, you know, uh, inspire me. And sure. I've, I've tried, I, when I started writing lyrics, I didn't have music. I just had lyrics. Mm-hmm. And then I got into a band and I started writing the lyrics based off of what the music made me feel trying to fit it in and all that. And it, it just, it's just gotten so difficult to write and it's everything's so hazy about like when it comes to writing now, it's, it's frustrating. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. Like, um, <clears throat> I can't remember who it was, but it was like, I think it was Sean Morgan from Seether. He Ooh. goes, he, he, cause people were like, why do you write such negative songs all the time? And he's like, well, that's my way of getting rid of it all. Um, yeah. And, and you know, it's like when you have positive experiences, like you want to hang on to those, like you don't want to really purge those out. So I thought that, that was kind of an interesting way to look at it because <clears throat> so like I, with the, with the stuff that we were working on for rest repose, like I, I started writing about all the positive stuff and, and it felt weird. It kind of just <laughs> felt like, what am I doing here? Whereas like the negative shit, like you can kind of expel it and let it go. But like the positive things, like they're harder to write about without sounding cheesy, I guess. Yes. Um, but at the same time, like Killswitch did that kind of a thing for a long time, where they they wrote positive songs and they and they did, um, or they, they at least put a positive twist on things. Mm-hmm. That's one I, I have always loved Killswitch for that. And uh, like just, Same. yeah. Ugh. What what is your um, what would you say is like the weirdest influence you have? Like any band. Mm. Uh, not weirdest, but like, <clears throat> I'm a huge Panic at the Disco fan. <laughs> okay. I love him, dude. I love that. I love Brendan Urie's voice and his writing and just talent in general is just insane. People are like, is it, like, what's your guilty pleasure? I'm like, well, it's not a guilty pleasure. I freaking love Panic at the Disco and I'm super public about it because I just think <laughs> that, that dude is so insanely talented. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's probably one thing that I would I would probably say that's probably not expected. A lot of people think like, oh, he's a metal guy. He likes metal, death metal. I'm like, <laughs> no. No, I listen to like a lot of like horrendous like pop stuff or like um, I love chill acoustic music and those sorts of things. So I don't, I don't know. It just kind of depends on on the mm-hmm. mood, I guess. My weirdest, uh, yeah. my weirdest one that some people probably would never guess is Yellow Card. <laughs> Good old Ocean Avenue. I think I saw them like a long, long, long time ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I didn't get to see them until it was their farewell tour. <laughs> and that sucked. Oh, really? But, yeah, <laughs> it's what it is. I went up, I drove up to Milwaukee for that. And, uh, yeah. Well, oh, speaking of like, so you like uh, acoustic stuff. I absolutely loved that little cover you did of uh, Hurricane. Oh, yeah, yeah, Thrice. yeah. And I mm-hmm. didn't, I have this habit, so I've never really listened to Thrice. 
but I have this habit of I'll hear a cover of a song and mm-hmm. I won't know it's a cover. Like I did, oh, okay. I did that with Holy yeah. Diver. I did that with, uh, I think Devil Driver did Wasted Years by Iron Maiden and mm-hmm. just all kinds of covers. And I'm like, hell yeah, I love this song. And then like so- sooner or later I'll find out, oh, they didn't actually write that song. And then I'll hear the original, but God damn, that cover of Hurricane was awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. I did a couple others on, on my channel. I think I did like a little Dustin Kinsrew thing for like a mic test. Okay. Also, but um, yeah, there's, there's a few on there. But um, I don't know, some, at some point, I think I'm going to try to maybe live stream like one of my acoustic sets and just see if I can put them out there because I do a bunch of weird, weird covers and like... <clears throat> I'm a huge Thrice, I'm a huge Thrice fan, huge huge Dustin Kinsey mm-hmm. fan. He did one that was like a, he did like a live covers album, and so he does like stuff by like Lord, and oh, wow. like he does he does a Wrecking Ball cover that's like mind blowing. Uh, what else? Gosh. Um, um. 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 He does a Cold War Kids song. Oh my gosh, there's so many good ones. He does like hide and seek acoustic, which is like insanely good. I don't know, you just I love that kind of stuff. Turning like mm-hmm. pop songs into something that actually feels good. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Some substance. It's like uh, it's really surprising. Like the like the delivery of like a song like Wrecking Ball, the dude can take and people kinda like watch it and they kinda giggle. And then like by the bridge part, people are just dead silent just blown away because he's standing four feet away from a microphone with an acoustic guitar and just belting out this whole part and it's just like the most powerful thing so like i've been trying to make the, this habit of like finding songs like that to kind of do the same thing i can't seem to find any that i really like but instead i just copy him <laughs> <laughs> and it goes well it's possible i mean my buddy we have a we have an open mic thing i mean just every tuesday and my buddy goes to it and he sings uh, scrub by TLC on acoustic. <laughs> it catches everybody off. That's so awesome. It, it caught me off. I mean, I was just sitting there hanging out with him one night, and he just out of nowhere, I couldn't tell what he was singing until it came to the chorus. But he was singing "My Heart Will Go On" by Celine Dion. Oh my god! <laughs> just off the wall stuff. It cracks me up. That's so great. I love that kind of thing, man. It's always fun. Oh yeah, um, so let's let's move on a little bit to real world shit. Uh, real world, kind shit. of, okay. still in the realm of music. All right. So about a month ago, as I lay dying, releases a new song. Did you <laughs> yeah. check? Have you checked that out? I honestly, I haven't. Okay. Um, I I never really got into them. Okay. Um, but are, are you familiar I, with the whole Tim Lambesis oh, yeah, drama? Yeah. I, I mean, I read, the, <laughs> I read the news for sure. Oh, yeah. That was a situation, man. Um, no, I, I never really got into them too much. I, I liked Austrian Death Machine. Hell, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I love Woven War because, mm-hmm. man, I, just, I thought that that was brilliant. That, that first brilliant. album, just awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, that... And plus, they you know having Shane on vocals. I mean, he was he was the guitar player for uh, Oh Sleeper back in the day. Oh yeah. So that was rad. Yeah. Nice. Saw them on accident actually. <laughs> nothing more in oh. periphery. Nice. <laughs> so, but yeah, I didn't really follow the Tim Lambesis stuff too closely. Um. 
Not really. I mean, I, I've I've listened to them before. I I remember like maybe two songs, like Confined and whatever the other one was. Okay. I don't. I've never really followed it too much. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah. what do you what do you have an opinion on all of this? Like what like them getting back as I as I lay dying and back with Tim after everything. My, my understanding though is like that that as I lay dying is like actually Tim's project. Yeah. of his own, I guess. And that the band members are kind of like hired on for touring and things like that. I, I, from what I've been told, I don't really know the whole story or what, what exactly how that works. Um, <clears throat> but that's what I've been, I've been read. I've read certain places and just, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the internet, man. Like it's so hard to say. It, it's kind of I, like that. Like they, yeah. they, they still write and all that, but he, he does the majority of the writing. And it's him right, right. and their uh, their drummer Jordan. They Jordan, they both yeah. uh, have. They're the only two people with names on the As I Lay Dying. Like they own the rights. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I it's, it's still a collaborative effort for the yeah. most part. I actually auditioned for a band with Jordan as the drummer. Oh no, <laughs> like kidding! Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, didn't know how to record for shit, but yeah, it was <laughs> it was after all that. It was after, yeah, interesting stuff. But yeah, I, I don't really know. Because <clears throat> a lot of people are like, well, we don't support him because he did. He tried to kill his wife. I'm like, I can't really argue that. So no, <laughs> no, no, you can't. It's like it's, I, it's a conundrum. It's like I, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of a, a tough place to be in, but at the same time, it's like we have people that support NFL teams that have players that beat the shit out of their wives. Yeah, we've got uh, you know a, a a president who's who's faced up to you know groping people and these sorts of things so it's kind of like i guess you kind of pick and choose your battles selfishly like if you like the music and you can get over the fact that you know that you try to hire a hitman to kill his wife like if you're if you're cool with that support you know support <laughs> it i guess yeah i don't know like it's just such a, it's such a weird gray area where it's like if you because it's so hard to be a fan of music when it's when it's and not not when it's written by a person that has has had uh, a past history of, of doing things like that or I mean but at the same time it's like people can change mm-hmm. people can reform he did his time and you know if even if they are even if somebody is like a massive piece of shit let's say if they've got that little spark in them that someday they can change like, I think that everybody should be afforded that courtesy to to do that. I, I to, believe so, to, too. To, to dig that deep into themselves. But it's like you, you have to reform yourself to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> from what I understand, it's like, yeah, you, you know, the dude's turned his life around and he's back doing music. So and maybe some good will come of it. Maybe the supporters will engage him in a way that he can, you know, move past whatever that is if he hasn't already and and fans can also see that like he's been a he's a reformed person at this point in time yeah i hope so too i mean i really uh i came into as i lay dying late in the game i saw them they were one of my first concerts but i just wasn't i wasn't into that kind of heavy yet and uh, i was still into like i was still into like disturbed and pantera and shit and uh so like I didn't like them then, but then they came out with this album, Awakened. It was their last album that they came out with. And mm. that, it was just one of those albums that, you know, 
really spoke to me because I was going through a lot of a lot of inner tor- turmoil in terms of like religion and whatnot. So sure. like yeah. uh, that kind of gave me because and that's what that album's about. It's about Tim because he's like he's like uh, he's got a master's in Christian theology and shit, yeah, and well. he's he's always. Uh, they've always been termed a, a Christian metal band, and uh, he's like, "We we're not a Christian metal band, but yeah, those themes are in our our music." But sure. Yeah. So he he was going through that same struggle. Like the more he learned about it, the more he was like, "Ah, I don't know if this is what I believe anymore." So like he put that sure, in yeah. his lyrics, and you know, I I ended up getting like the album art tattooed on my inner arm, and oh, because wow. that that album just meant so much to me in terms of that, and it was it was just one of those pushes that kind of pushed me away from religion uh nothing against it it's just not for me mm-hmm. i don't i don't know what your stance is but uh yeah i just i always preach <laughs> i always preach that you know if it fulfills you and you're not hurting somebody by all means go for it but yeah it's not for me <laughs> totally i mean that yeah i mean that's the that same sort of thing happened with with uh, under oath you know they they kind of strayed away from that on this on this last record because they had some time to kind of figure their lives out yeah and i think that everyone kind of adapts faith to their own to their own ways of life like just like every other abrahamic religion has its own cultural injections into into its religion like you take Uh things from certain places and you can apply it to whatever walk of life or whatever culture you're brought up in so i think that like as um you know in in this day and age like you can look back at religious themes and kind of and kind of read them literally rather than literally which mm-hmm. i think is a, a mistake that a lot of people make is they, they look at the things in the bible or the quran or whatever other religion modern day religion and they, and they kind of go well <clears throat> well this says that i you know it's it, it's kind of like well if you have tattoos and you wear mixed clothing like you're not you know mixed thread clothing like that's that's bad or, or it's a sin or, or whatever or if you eat you know frog legs like you're a sinner and you're disgusting and it's that's dirty and like these sorts of things like these apply are, to things when yeah. it was written <laughs> right so there's so there are things that because like i i myself i do believe in god and, and okay. i have kind of an interesting outlook on on all of that but um you know i'm not i'm not a well, I wouldn't consider myself like a great Christian, but at the same time, like mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people that are true Christians are kind of a mess. They and they're and they're humble enough, and they realize enough that they're not perfect human beings. Because I think that a no. lot of a, the big misconception and is is kind of like is kind of drawn from churches, where you know you are you're on your Sunday best, and life is perfect, and there's nothing wrong because you've got God and you've got Jesus or you've got Allah or you've got whatever. Um, but the reality is most of the time, real Christians and real people that follow a, a specific faith, like they're struggling and they're imperfect people and they are not working through, and they're not always doing their best to work through things. They're, they're fighting the tendency to maintain control yeah. of their own lives rather than giving it up to, let's say, god or the universe or karma or the spirit or the force or the matrix or whatever the whatever you want to call it it's all kind of it's all kind of the same thing you know what i mean and but at the same time like if you read the bible from front to back it's a it's a it's an evolution of consciousness and it ends in revel in in the last chapter in revelation so it's like if that narrative had continued 
from the point that it stopped being written, how much of it would have probably changed to be in the modern day? So, <clears throat> you know, you look at, I think that there's ob the obvious things like don't murder people, yeah. don't steal people, don't bang other people's wives. Like that kind of thing is like, that's pretty universally morally like, duh. But there's other there's also, there's also other aspects that I think that may have evolved over time, um, mm -hmm. and that maybe people would make more exceptions to, like gay marriage. Like, there I know a lot of gay Christian couples. Yeah, think about that for a second. It's like, is is it sexual sin? Well, I don't know if it's if they're completely monogamous, and they're waiting. Let's say they're let's let's say they're waiting on sex till marriage, but they're gay, but yeah. they're Christian. Does that not deserve the same respect and 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 love that like everything else that straight people get in the Bible? I don't know. It's just one of those things that I that I can't help but kind of think um, would have evolved if that narrative had continued. Like, well, because mm -hmm. like Jesus was a liberal dude. Like he was standing <laughs> up to to like crazy theocracies and like the military superpower of Rome, like all these sorts of things and basically like standing up for poor people and poor people's rights and these sorts of things throughout, throughout that, throughout the, um, the gospels and stuff. So it's like, I, there has to be, I, I just can't imagine any world where like that, that expansion of consciousness would have just stopped and we should, and we, and we should look back at it and go, if we were just, if it was just like ancient Rome, things would be so much better. <laughs> no, I don't know. So I think that, like, I think that a lot of Christians, when they start reading the Bible literally, and they start putting things into context of the time and place and culture, and the world in which it was written in, you start to kind of see some of the flaws or how it might not apply to modern thinking. So I think that, like with as they lay dying in those in those religious themes or like under oath takes things to to that place where they kind of go well i'm struggling with this and i don't think that it's really this so maybe it's this instead and it kind of challenges faith not necessarily losing faith i don't think that they've all just gone like atheist or agnostic or anything like that like mm -hmm. even even aaron and spencer are like you know they mention um god in their in their in their in their albums and even i have a song that's that I'm going to be putting out called save me, which is like a moment in my life where I broke down on the side of the road, had a massive anxiety attack. And it was the first time I'd spoken to God in like 10 years. I was like, you'd help me. Yeah. And I just felt this calm come over me. So like, there's a song about that. <clears throat> and a lot of the time, like whenever I do write about faith, it's a lot of, it's usually about the struggle of it because having faith in something in general, like you, when you walk out your door every morning, right? Mm-hmm. And you walk down the street. You are you are taking a leap of faith that you're not going to walk out your front door and get shot, or that the ground's not going <laughs> to collapse beneath your feet and you're going to die. And it's like, if every, if every, if or if you eat food, you're not going to poison yourself and die. If you <laughs> drink a fluid, you're not going to drown. If you take a shower, you're not going to have your skin melt off. Like you do all these normal things all day long that are technically acts of faith, but they're faith within reason. Because they've proven themselves over and over and over again that they're not going to backfire on you. Whereas something where you have faith in this entity that you can't wrap your mind around or that you can't even fathom because it's so expansive and it's so beyond our understanding, 
and and then it's misinterpreted and it's given likeness of a big man of the beard in the clouds <laughs> or it's yeah. or it's or it's a spaghetti monster or it's Cthulhu or whatever the whatever you you look at and whatever you think it's going to be people change it and they kind of bend it to their will and they kind of bend it to uh using it as like ammo um or or fuel for your own agenda type of thing mm-hmm. so it's like there's all these interpretations of like what God and faith and all these different things are. So it's so clouded and it's so out there that it's so easy to misinterpret and it's so hard to have faith in. It's not, it's so hard to have faith in it when you have faith in the dumbest things. Like when I put gas in my car, it's not going to explode. And now there's reasons why it's within reasons. Like, you know, that it's going to, that it's an, it's a machine that operates a certain way. It's built a certain way. So there's certain things that you, you have assurance in. Yeah. Faith is not something that you have any assurance in. It's just something that you have or you don't. Yeah. And when you have it, <laughs> you can follow it blindly or you can do it within reason where it's like these things have panned out. Like my best friend slash ex-girlfriend slash whatever has been open, has been struggling to open this business of hers for like a year. And. Oh, lost you a little bit there. There you go. Oh, there you are. Yep. <laughs> Got you back. And time and yeah, but time and time again, when she's, you know, put her feelers out there and had faith in this business, certain things have happened. Like random donors would come in and donate money or equipment and these sorts of things. So it's like, that's one of those things that's kind of like faith and reason where it's like, it's been proven enough times that it's like, it's just a no brainer and you can, and you can have faith in something like that. Whereas a lot of other people don't ever get that. They don't get that communication from God or beyond or, the universe or karma or whatever you might, whatever term uh-huh. you like. Um, but it's just, so, so there's, there's people that just can't do the blind faith thing and I don't blame them. Um, the version of God that I grew up with was not the one that I know now. It was terrifying. It was just, you know, it was crazy out there. Doom and gloom. Bizarre. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. you, you get the, you get the um, fire and brimstone type folks that are like, I want to save your soul because you're going to burn in hell for eternity. And it's like, wow, I don't, <laughs> Yeah. but he loves you. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I never followed what? that. I never followed But He that. loves you and he needs money. I'm like, what? what the fuck? It's super weird. So there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff with that. So when I see bands that kind of have the chance to express those things in music, I think it's brilliant. Yes. I think that like bands like Oh Sleeper where it's just, where it's not a lot of like, thank you thank you, Jesus, or thank you, God, or thank you, whatever. Um, instead of like, hey, where are you? Please help. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm drowning in heroin, Spencer Chamberlain, or, I, you know, or I'm struggling with sex addiction or something crazy like that. Like, And then they reach out to those things and they don't get an answer. And it's kind of like, well, maybe it's a test. Maybe it's this or that. But I always found it, I always found it really amazing to see bands that are honest and questioning things like that because i think that when you question things you are hotter on the pursuit of truth than just accepting things and being complacent with just what's what was written two thousand years ago you know and that's maybe that's where a lot of people kind of maybe that's kind of where they go wrong or maybe it's where they go right it's really hard to say it's it's kind of having like this walk this walk of faith kind of can kind of can kind of be. <laughs> you just kind of have to guess. Like oh, I guess I'm going the right direction. Yeah. And if I'm not, then then it'll eventually 
correct itself, I, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's crazy, man. Like, there's, there's, there's not... I don't think that there's a right or wrong way necessarily. I think that like if you're doing whatever you're doing and it's not hurting anyone, you're probably you're probably doing something right. Exactly. But of, that but of right course, there. Yeah, but of course the religious part of that goes and kind of counters with well, if you don't believe in X Y Z, then you're gonna burn in hell uh-huh. or you're not gonna uh-huh. you're not gonna get to see your your seventy two virgins or whatever though it might be. You know, it's <clears throat> it's really it's really interesting, but like. I just have the rule of thumb. Don't be a piece of shit. Right. <laughs> and it's not hard. Yeah. It's not a hard rule to follow. Yeah. I mean, and it's, and it's, it, what's weird about that? Like, cause you can see, you can sit there and, and say that. And it's like, <clears throat> from, and if you look at it, like, let's, you know, if God is real and somebody lives their entire life being a piece of shit and harming people and stealing and murdering and all these sorts of things. And then the very last day on their deathbed, they turn to God and say, save me forgive me blah 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 does that guy get a pass to heaven well i mean okay so vice versa and and vice versa let's say somebody's a a, a faithful religious person their entire life and then like one day their whole family gets killed in a car crash and they go i hate you god i'm done with you and then they get hit by a bus and now they're going to hell it's just crazy like those those sorts of things like that i'm just like i can't imagine where it's like you get to the pearly gates or whatever and and someone's like man <laughs> you lived your whole life righteously but the last day you fucked it up yeah you Go really dropped the ball That's there crazy. pal yeah i know your whole family died and you didn't thank me whoa like that's that's weird to me and yeah, the same I... thing with like same thing like well yeah you murdered 30 people but at least at least you asked for forgiveness you said go you said the magic words so that's yeah Yeah. it's it's hard it's hard to say that like you know if you're not just just being just not being a piece of shit is enough and vice versa so i don't know it's hard Mm because i know a lot of piece of shit christians (laughs) that are just incredibly self-righteous and self-serving and they and they twist things and they and they use god as, as as fuel for their own agendas and it's it's so easy to twist it around so i don't know man I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, the only thing that I've been able to figure out is kind of like letting go and trusting. Yeah. That's and that's something that big thing that I, on this tour, I was even like, yo, if I'm meant to do this, keep me out here, help me recover tonight. And later on, I get a message like you're going home. I'm like, <laughs> Shit. Okay. Well, I guess I, you know, and, and, the, and I could sit there and I could try to fight it and, and like, no, oh, this is wrong. And, but at the same time, it's like, well, Okay. Um, I guess I have to trust that I'm going home for another reason, something that's mm-hmm. bigger than this, and and that's going to be better in the long run. I don't I don't know what else it could be. So I don't know, man. Like there's there are tests like that, and they're not pointless. There's there's lessons in patience. There's lessons in yes self control and growth and these sorts of things. And can you do it without religion? Yeah, I think you can. I think that at some point in time, like you have to ask for help, whether it's God, universe, karma, whatever you, whatever you, what system you believe in. But the thing is like, they're all systems Mm -hmm. and they're all connected and they're all pointing to the one thing anyways, whatever you call it. But you know, it's not a man. It's not a, it's because as soon as you call it a man or a being or whatever, you're putting that in a box and where it's like, it's so expansive and so interconnected. It's like, I don't know. It, It can be anything really. Um, 
but I had, you know, I had chances to talk to, um, like I said, when I was in Kalamazoo, I got to talk to these two Muslim dudes. It was rad, super cool, super nice guys. And then same thing on my, on my cab ride home or cab ride from, from the airport to Jared's <laughs> house where I had to get my car. I got this dude, Muhammad, uh, picked me up and in an Uber and like him and I talked for like an hour on the way back. And like, we started talking about, um, the differences in, in just the same religions and like, and it was really cool to see, to kind of like draw these parallels and also see like the differences and how things are worded per culture. And, and like at the end of it, like we just like shook hands and we're like, dude, this was the coolest religious conversation I've ever had. And he was like, yeah, this was really rad. Like I, I was so, I was so stoked to have like an actual like peaceful religious conversation. And I was like, dude, this has been like more, like a more um, intuitive conversation that I've had with most other Christians. <laughs> and he kind of <laughs> laughed. He's just like, wow, you know, because it's, it's so incredibly fulfilling when you just open the door of communication. Yeah, definitely. Kind of lay down your prejudices or your misconceptions and just ask questions and find out that there's more common ground than, than there is different stuff. But Oh, that guy's that guy's story was amazing. He was he was from like Somalia, and his oh, wife wow. was in Somalia. Like he was he was like um, sent out of the country like during their civil war and shit like back in like the early nineties. Oh, wow, crazy stuff. Yeah, that guy had a <clears throat> life, man. And, like such a super sweet, peaceful dude. Like <laughs> I don't know, it was it was really really cool. But like just and like getting on that topic was kind of nerve wracking, um, because even even you know there's such a massive misconception that like, well, Muslims are violent. Well, no, no they're not. No, not at all. There's, there's, there's extre- because we everybody have, has extremists. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's extremists and fundamentalists that take shit way too far in every religion. Like there's, there was even like, wasn't there like, um, Oh my gosh, it was a couple of years ago, but it was like, it was like Hindu monks were like slaughtering people. Like what? what? That's crazy. <laughs> or, there, or there's like the or there's like the God hates fags dumbasses out. <clears throat> uh, Westboro. Westboro. Yeah. And it's like there's there's people that are like lynching gay people and like shooting black people and like all this crazy shit because they're and they do it in the name of of God or Christianity and they're like, well, you missed the point, man. You read yeah. the book, but you completely missed the point. At what like, point love... did we say kill the fags? Yeah. Right. Like, it's like what the. F- no, it doesn't make sense. Ugh. It doesn't make any sense to me. So there's 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 people that just use shit and they twist it and they yeah and they exactly use it the wrong way and, and and really we don't really necessarily know the right way of anything except for like you know love you know love thy neighbor that means everybody not just the ones you like mm-hmm. that means everybody and that is my whether, that's my philosophy is live in love yeah dude everybody like everybody everybody that I meet starts at a ten and. If they give me a reason to not give them a 10, then they start to kind of go down on mm-hmm. the scale of like how much I can trust or how much I can open up to or discuss with them. And that kind of, and it kind of, because I bring people in close and then I create the boundaries as they prove themselves unworthy of being 10s. I like that. But I go, but I like to give everybody the benefit of the doubt because it's like, why would you not? Yeah, exactly. Most people, most people want to just communicate. Most people want to just have a friend or somebody mm-hmm. to talk to. And sometimes I complain about it because I, I get cornered by like random people at like any time I've ever go to a bar. Like there's this one in town here called the horse head. Every time I go there, some random like super drunk dude would be like, yeah, dude, just, I was just, just, I was just walking down the street 
And I'm like, oh god, here we go. But then I'll talk to him for like a half an hour, and it <laughs> turns out, it turns out like the dude has like PTSD from the military, and gotcha. his wife cheated on him with his brother, and like all these crazy stuff. And it's like, oh, wow, you discover things about people that you would have never known before if you didn't take the time to to just talk with people. Maybe you maybe you have that boundary up in the beginning, but mm-hmm. I don't know, man. There's just there's so much life, and there's so many individuals. Yeah. And it's like, beautiful. That's, it's beautiful, man. And like, <laughs> that's my biggest like source of sadness of not being on tour anymore is because I don't get to meet people and have those connections and have conversations like the ones that we're having right now. And luckily, uh-huh. you've got a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I probably never would have talked to you again, man. Like, and, I'm, and I'm super glad like we reached out. Yeah, me too. So, like, so it's just quality conversations like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I love that stuff. I love connecting people on a real level human you know human element yes that is talking that's what this show is all about is just conversing as human beings as people you know connecting it on some level yeah and i love it i love having this show i love being able to do this with people like you with people in my own town people that i love dearly you know it's it's great um yeah, we're starting to get a little uh, late on the show, though. So I think I'm going to go we? ahead and let's let's go ahead and call it. All right. All right, man. Um, yeah, it's been great. Hell yeah. Time to come on anytime you want. Uh, so. Tanner, it's it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I wish you so much luck going forward. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug like going forward? Uh, I mean, I've got a YouTube channel. I'm kind of trying to get going again. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to check it out just look up look up my name on on youtube i had like three channels and some of them have like old band stuff and okay the other one has like new stuff but other than that i mean i'll go ahead and post the link on my feed <laughs> i'll yeah, post the link great. on my feed get some hopefully get some people your way uh sure. that'd be awesome i i want people to hear your music because you know it's it's been so impactful on me myself personally Thanks. and i i want somebody else to feel that and i've been trying to push rest repose for however long i think last year like right around this time last year i did a um i did a stupid live video where i was i was shaving my face like i had a full beard and i was just shaving my face and i had rest uh, the self-titled album just playing in the background and i I was like hey if you haven't heard rest repose check this album out like they have two of the two cds this is a new singer and i love this album it's great check it out and it's just playing uh nice and it was just it was fun, uh, but no, uh, it's it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Um, yeah, thank you. It's been great. So uh, one of the things I like to do um, to close out the show is uh, I have a little saying, you know. It's So my, my first name is Dick, and, you know, there some days you wake up and you just you look down and you're like, man, it's going to be a good day. My dick looks big. <laughs> i got a big dick today Having it's gonna be a good day. yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I can identify with that yeah <laughs> so like i always try to remind everybody make every day a big dick day <laughs> there you go so <laughs> so uh thank you again uh hey, and thanks for having me uh thank you for listening and we will see you next thursday or live next tuesday we'll see i don't know i don't know what's going on we're doing a little time traveling today but uh bye guys Up this morning with my dick in my hand.
Yeah.